all the Thank you for the life that is ours because of your generosity to us. Thank you for seeing us in our need. When Adam and Eve sinned, Lord, you knew that you wanted to restore your relationship with mankind. And so out of your generosity, you gave your son, Jesus Christ, as a way that we could be made right with you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I know in this room at this moment, there's all kinds of needs that are represented. There's all kinds of hurt. There's all kind of difficulty that happened this week. I pray that you, by your spirit, would touch hearts, that you would meet those needs today. I pray that folks would understand your love and your care for them. And then there's been some folks who have had a great week and the blessings have been incredible. And Would you help them to, to say thank you and to turn their attention to you today? Thanks for your graciousness to us, your mercy and your grace. Thanks for your love for us. I pray in the next few moments that we would hear from your spirit that that you would guide our hearts, that we would understand what your word has to say to us. In your precious name we pray, amen. Thanks, you can have a seat. We're glad that you're here today as we come together once again to chat a little bit about what God has to say about generosity. That's been what we've been talking about for the last three weeks. And I want to say thank you once again to you as a church body for your generosity. Uh, last week was an example, once again, of the folks who came together to put 600 boxes together and make sure that they got shipped off to the place they needed to go. And then this week, there's folks who, as families, are bringing in uh, shoe boxes for Operation Ch- Christmas Child. And as I talked about the food bags for Save-A-Lot, I know automatically that some of your minds just went into kind of overdrive and you were thinking about some people who are close to you who needed help. And that's part of our generosity as a church body. And so thank you for being generous. That generosity shows itself in all kinds of ways throughout uh, each week that we as a church uh, worship and celebrate together. And we say yes to God as individuals. What if we as individuals and then as a church were known for a body, for a group of people who were incredibly generous? What if when there was a need in the Oxford Hills or our community, we were the first place that people turned because they knew that this bunch of Christ followers just cared? What if the grace of Jesus so overflowed from us that the entire community was being splashed by God's graciousness through us all the time, every week? The last few weeks, we've talked about the change in our heart that takes place when we identify what our treasure is, because remember, what I treasure is where my heart goes. And we talked about the fact that when I identify what it is that I treasure or who it is that I treasure, hopefully it's Jesus Christ, then that tells me where my heart goes and what my energy and what my time and what my giftedness and all that stuff ends up chasing. And then last week, we talked about the fact that when we understand who we truly are, when we understand that it's, it's God who's the owner of everything. You remember Job last week? who God said, hey, look, I'm the one who's in control. I'm the one who owns everything. 
when we remember that we're simply managers of what he's blessed us with, it changes my ability to be generous. And as a manager of Jesus Christ, because the owner of all things is so generous, then I too am asked to be generous. This week we want to build on those two truths and we want to talk about what it takes to learn to be generous. Have you learned to be generous? Have you ever sit and watched young children play? Have you ever seen a child with all kinds of different toys in front of them and, and they're surrounded by more toys than they could play with? But then their brother or sister or another child joins their little life and all of the toys that they have. And the toy that they were playing with no longer is important. It's the toy that the other child picks up, right? That's the toy that becomes important. And they don't want the toy that they were playing with anymore. They want the toy that the other child picks up and starts to play with. Because all of the toys that surrounded them are theirs. Generosity is not something that is natural to us. Because our sin nature makes us selfish by nature. They have to be taught to be generous even with their toys. Well, we're just overgrown kids, <laughs> right? It's okay, you can admit it. We all know it's true. We're just overgrown kids. And our toys look different now than they did then. Some of you are bigger kids and your toys just got bigger and more expensive, right? It, it's okay. It's true. We know it. But we still have to learn to be generous. And we don't say it the way a child would, right? Where the child's sitting on the floor and that, that brother or sister or other child comes and starts to play with a toy and they reach out and they go, what is it? Ah, you remember. Mine! That's mine. And we don't necessarily say it like that. But we act the same way. To share or to give away for our human nature is not natural. We want to hold on. We want to be secure in ourselves with our stuff. We want to make sure that we have all that we need, or we think we do. So because of our sinful nature that we're all born with, we have to learn to give. Our Father in heaven, if you're a Christ follower, is an incredible giver, incredibly generous. Some might say generous to a fault when you look at his character. But God asks us to be like our Father and like his Son, Jesus Christ. God does not ask us to give for his sake. He asks us to give for our sake. God does not ask us to give for his sake, he asks us to give for whose? Our sake. He knows what it does to our hearts. 
He's already a generous giver. He already does it by his very character and his very nature. If he didn't, we wouldn't be sitting here today. And by the very character of who he is, he gives freely of himself to us all the time. He splashes us. He, he overflows his gifts to us with generosity and love and kindness and mercy. He gives us wisdom. The Bible tells us that he'll give us to those who ask, he'll grant wisdom and knowledge and understanding. To those who need someone or a shoulder to cry on, he's, he's there and he offers it. I'll be there for you. I'll give that to you. He's generous in every way. So it's not the father who has to learn how to give. He already knows how to do that. So he doesn't ask us to do it for his sake because it's, it's always already by his nature that he does it all the time. He asks us to be generous and to give for our own sake because he knows that the moment we start becoming givers, generous givers, extravagant, generous givers, it opens up our hearts and it opens up our hands and we let go of the stuff that we've been holding on to, hoping that it will make us secure, hoping that it will make us all that we want to be. And God knows, look, if you could just learn to give, the freedom and the happiness that comes is overwhelming. This is counterintuitive, by the way. Our nature is to grab and to hoard, to keep for ourselves. Paul knew this, and he wrote to the church in Corinthians, in Corinth, about giving and being counterintuitive and how they responded. And I want to set the stage for a, set, a series of verses I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians. But let me set the stage first. There was a famine going on in Jerusalem. And the believers there were living in poverty. They were struggling to get by. And so Paul, in his missionary journey to the churches that he had started, remember he left from Jerusalem originally. Remember that the church at Jerusalem was the mother church. It's, it's the church that sent him out to start planting all the churches. And as he's going, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> he starts to tell the, the folks, these new church plants, what's going on back in Jerusalem and that there's a great need, there's a famine, there's poverty, they're struggling to get by. And as he starts to tell the story, the churches want to give back, and they want to help out. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2, the people of Macedonia, as he's going along, out of severe trial, out of great affliction, out of their extreme poverty, it tells us. If you read those verses for yourself, you'll, say, you'll see that these people had very little, almost nothing. And out of their extreme poverty... They gave in wealth of generosity, it says. They gave abundantly, with abundant joy, to the church in Jerusalem. They were not rich people, but they gave anyway. They gave out of their poverty to help a group of people who they knew were worse off than they were. And he comes to this church in Corinth, who had also said, we want to help out. We want to be part. We want to do our share. And, and so he comes to this church and he says, look, follow the people in Macedonia's example. Give out of your, out of your poverty, but give. Be generous. 
And so here's the verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7 says this. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Paul looks at these people and he says, look, you're so good at so many things. And folks, I would say this to you this morning. You guys, as a church, you are so good at so many things. You are. The gifts that are in this body are incredible. The gifts of service, the gifts of of leading worship, the, the gifts that are being used right now with our kids, the gifts that are used on a weekly basis, the gifts that are used in our small groups, the gifts that are used within our community every week. I can say the same thing that Paul, you excel in so many ways, I want you also to excel in your generosity and your giving. And that's what Paul says to this group of people. This is not a command. This is not of law. This isn't saying, look, God gives us this this piece of law that if, if we do this, God will be happy. That's not it. That's not what it is. The whole act of generosity has to do with us letting go so that God has every part of our heart. It's not a command. It's a response of love to Jesus Christ. It's a response of saying yes to who God is. See, in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8, we learn that there's all kinds of gifts that are given to the body. And one of those gifts that's talked about is the gift of giving or being generous. And often, as Christ followers, we can say, well, that's somebody else's gift, and because it's somebody else's gift, I don't have to do it. Well, that's not how the gifts work. Yeah, there are people who their whole mindset, their whole life is about generosity and giving. It's their very nature because God gifted them with that gift. But as Christ followers, we're asked to be like Jesus Christ. To be like his own character, his own nature. And his nature is to give. And so as Christ followers, we need to learn how to give. How to be generous. How to be open and to be willing. And let me be honest with you at this point. Let me talk to you. I mean, I'm honest all the time, but let me. <laughs> how'd you like that? How that came out? <laughs> Giving isn't always easy. Ever been taken advantage of? You ever felt like that you came alongside to help somebody and they just used you? If you've been very long in life and and you've tried to be generous, at some point, there may have been an unspoken expectation that came along beside your generosity. And because you were generous, somebody expected a lot more. And maybe there was a time where you were generous and you got completely burned by being generous. Somebody completely misunderstood what it was that you were trying to do. God doesn't ask us to be responsible for how people respond or what they do. He just asks us to be generous. And ultimately, God will deal with what goes on and how things are used. They're used inappropriately or they're done wrong. But Paul looks at this body of believers, and I would say this same word is for us today. Excel. Excel. 
in generosity. Excel in giving. Be generous. I want you to think of giving this way. I want you to think of it as a muscle. Go ahead. Make a muscle. Don't. Never mind. I want you to think of it as a muscle. If you've ever worked out or dreamt about working out or thought at some point it was a good idea to work out, when you work out and you want to build muscle, you take weight or you, you, you do a physical exercise and you do reps with that. If you put it on a barbell or, or you're going to do bench pressing or you're going to do curls or preacher curls, there is something called a preacher curl. I didn't just make that up. If you're going to do that, you begin to work your muscles, and you work your muscles until this is what happens to them. They actually tear, or they rip. And, and then as you rest that muscle, it begins to heal, and the fibers begin to reattach. And as it heals, that muscle begins to grow. And then you go and you do the exercises again, and there's little tears that happen in the muscle. And as you rest and you bring the nutrients, the body brings the nutrients to the muscles that are needed, that muscle keeps what? Growing. And every time that happens, there's an exercise, tear, rest, growth. Exercise, tear, rest, growth. And repeat. That's how you build muscles. And now in building that muscle, you vary the activity. If you do the same thing over and over, something called muscle memory happens, right? Now that's good to an extent. It's good because your muscles get used to doing something, and so the building process has helped. But it's also bad. If you go too far down the road of muscle memory, then your muscles get used to it, and they, they actually will get lazy, and they figure out what you're doing. And so you have to add, add diversity to your muscles to make them do different things to keep them growing. Well, guess what? Generosity and giving are just like our muscles. And in order to grow them, we have to keep exercising them. And sometimes in the exercise process, we get hurt and there's a tear. And we come back to God and we get refreshed and we get renewed by God. And, and His Holy Spirit says, yeah, that's really what I wanted you to do. Yeah, that's really the direction I wanted you to go. And He refreshes and He renews us and He says, okay, now go again. Exercise again. Try it again. Do it again. At first, exercising and building muscle is really hard. At first, there's often a lot of pain that's involved in building muscle. If you've ever done it, if you've, if you've ever gone down that road, if you've ever done any training, you know that there are days when you go, nope, I'm just not doing this again. But if you work through it, if you keep going, guess what? You get stronger. You get better. You do better. The more that you exercise the muscle, the better in shape it becomes and the more and the better you become at whatever it is that you're trying to do. Now let me tell you 
how not to build muscle, okay? Sitting on the couch, eating handfuls of chips, M&Ms, popcorn, whatever other indulgence that you might enjoy, observing others while they work out will not build muscle for you. Although it may be inspiring, it doesn't help. At some point, in order to build muscle, you have to engage. Everybody remember Biggest Loser? Remember Biggest Loser? What was interesting about that show was people loved to watch it. But just watching Biggest Loser didn't help you lose any weight. There were great ideas about how you could, but watching Biggest Loser did not make you lose weight. At some point, you have to engage. You have to get in motion. And the same is true with our giving muscle. The same is true with generosity. Watching someone else give can be inspiring. It can, be, it can, it can fill you with great cheer and happiness because, wow, look at that. But it doesn't help you with the act of being generous. It doesn't happen through one big event of generosity. And there, I've got it. I am now a generous person because I was generous one time. No. The same way getting off the couch and running one 5K doesn't get you in shape. Just ask Mike. Remember? And I'm just saying what he said up here, okay? It's through hundreds of small acts of generosity that our giving muscles are developed. Look at what Paul says about this same thing from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 to 11. As it is written, he says, and he quotes King David, the first part of this verse, he says this, He distributed freely, he's talking about the Lord, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. And then Paul says this, now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. Notice a couple little phrases in this verse. Notice this. The one who provides the seed is who? It's God. It's not you, it's not me. My generosity isn't me providing anything that anybody needs. It's simply redirecting what God gave me. He provides the seed. I do not have the ability to grow seed on my own. Did you know that? No farmer here has the ability to grow seed on their own. It's impossible. It takes a seed to grow the seeds. And God was the designer and the creator of the seeds. The same is true for us in our generosity. Anything that we have to be generous with comes first and foremost from God. It's on loan from Him. So it's not you being generous with your stuff. It's you being generous with God's. Second little phrase I want you to notice. It says this, that he will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of righteousness. What God is saying is this. When I give away what God has blessed me with, he'll multiply it. 
Now, I'm not talking about get rich. I'm not talking about, wow, if I give God 20 bucks, he's going to give me 100 back. That's not what I mean. What I mean is this. God says, look, if you're generous with the seeds that I've given you, if you sow the seeds that I've given you, I'll take those and I'll multiply them in a way that you've never dreamed of before. I'll make them go places and do things that you never dreamed of before. I'll use it in ways that you could not have used it if you're willing to take what I gave you and use it well. Now, he also tells us that when we do that and we give it away, he will bless us. He says that. But I'll multiply what you give away. And some of us can give just a little bit away. We have just a little bit to give, and God goes, okay, give it, and I'll multiply it. I'll make it what it needs to be, because I'm God, and that's what I do. The other phrase I want you to notice is this. He says, and you will be enriched in every way for your generosity. You'll be enriched in every way when we become generous, when we start giving away what God has entrusted We get filled up in ways we never could imagine. And some of those empty places in our life start to get full. Some of those empty spots in our heart, God goes, here, because you were generous, let me just, let me, let me fill that up for you. Let me bring things into your life that you never thought you could enjoy. Let me give you things in your life that you never thought could be yours. But because you were generous with what I gave you, I'll fill you up. And it's for the here, he says this. At the end of that verse, he says, it's for the here and now, but it's also for eternity. It's in both places. I'll fill you up and bless you here, but I'll also bless you for eternity because you were faithful. You'll be enriched in every way for all generosity. God God's way is to grow the muscle of your generosity so that you would be able to do more. When your muscles grow and you exercise, it gives you the ability to do more, to go farther, to go faster, farther, or farther, faster. And the same is true with our generosity. As we give more, God builds that muscle so that we can do more for Him and for His glory. We're not to grow the muscle so that we can say, we arrived, we made it, we're the greatest. <laughs> we missed the point. <laughs> we're to build the muscle so that God can be honored. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 to 19 says this, Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or proud, or to set their hope on uncertainty of wealth, but on God, who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share, storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation in the age to come so that they may take hold of what is truly life. Dave Ramsey says about this verse, he says this, that we've been given three things to do with money. You and I have been given three things to do with our money. Spend some, save some, and give some. Some of you have heard this. The verse is saying the same thing. The verse tells us this. It says that God richly provides for us to enjoy all things. Spend some. Use it. Use it. He wants us to. God is your father and he looks down at his children and says, I want you to enjoy. I want that to be part of your life. He says 
to save some, to do what is good, to prepare, to be ready to save some. And then he says to be generous and be willing to share, to give some. Result, when I do that, God is honored and so are you. In the here and now and in eternity, we're honored by God because of what we did. Now, you might be sitting here this morning and say, Tim, this is all great. I love the idea of building the muscle. I love the idea of being generous, but it's all new to me. I don't have very much. I have very little. What if none of what I have is good enough? What if I don't have any of the habits and I don't even know where to start? What if I have never, ever, ever, ever built this muscle? Guess what? You can start. So can I. Malachi 3.10 says it this way, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's army, now look at this, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Now I know some of you are sitting here right now at this moment and you're saying, Tim, that's an Old Testament principle. You can't claim that. That's in the Old Testament. God doesn't want to bless us that way. I know you're sitting here saying, yeah, the tithe in the Old Testament, well, that was an amount, that was like a 10%, but it wasn't. If you read in the Old Testament, it was actually 23% that God asked them to give. That was their tithe. And I know we look at that and say, well, God's not asking of, 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 of that of us today in the New Testament. And you're right. He doesn't say that in the New Testament at all. But the principle holds true. The principle holds true. If you were to look in Matthew chapter 19, verse 29, Matthew says it this way, where he says, When we honor God with all of our possessions, God's promise is to bless us a hundredfold when we honor Him. It's the same thing that this verse is saying. This verse is simply saying, look, if we give to God the way God wants us to give, then my promise is I will bless you beyond what you ever dreamed. There won't be enough room for it all if you'll try me in this, if you'll test me in this. Now, when he's talking about this, folks, this isn't just money. I don't want you to think that. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about our time, our energy, our abilities, our intellect, our emotions. He's talking about giving everything that is us to him. And asking him to use it for his glory and for his kingdom. And when we do that, the promise is this. When you come to me with an open heart, when you come to me willing to give what is you to God, he said, I'll bless you. I'll bless you beyond what you ever dreamed of. And when he says that, that blessing isn't so that we look great. That's not why. That blessing is so that his kingdom is built so that he is honored. Let me challenge you this morning. Try it. Try it. You might be sitting here, but Tim, I don't have much. He's not asking for a lot. <laughs> He's just asking that we'd be willing to give what we have. Try it. It's the one time in Scripture where God says this. He says, test me. Put me to the test. See if what I say is true. I don't think he's scared of us putting him to the test. I don't think he's afraid of us being generous and opening our hearts because he knows that our giving, our generosity, is not for his sake. 
It's for our own. It's for what happens to our hearts when we give. Test him. Test him and see what will happen. Give him what is his and see what the outcome will be in your life. Give him the first of your time, the first of your energy, the first of your abilities, the first of your money, the first of your intellect, and see what he does with it. See what he does for the kingdom of God with what you have. He promises to his people that I will bless you beyond what you ever dreamed. Test him and see. Do it. Find some small way today to be generous and see what happens. Pay for somebody's coffee. Give them a meal. Stack somebody's wood. Offer to help someone. Be willing. Be available. Be generous. Whatever way that you can think of, test him and see. Be generous. See what he does. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us watch out for one another and provoke love and good works. Folks, we need each other to encourage each other to be generous. You need the people in your small group to come alongside you and say, let's do this together. You need your spouse to say, hey, let's be generous. Let's be generous in a way we've never been generous before and see what God does as a church. Let's help each other. Let's be generous. Let's see what God does when we test Him with our generosity. For this morning, I pray that you would encourage our hearts in our generosity. Help us to work the muscle of giving to bring honor to you. In your name we pray. Amen. It's worth it to exercise your giving muscle because the result is what they just sang about. It's a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. When we give ourselves all that God has given us, we come to know the very person and character of God. It's worth it. Give it a try. Some of you have been doing it for years, and you're sitting here this morning going, yes, it's worth it. Some of you, it's brand new. Test God. It's worth it. The result is important incredible. So we're going to leave here like we do every week. Start working your muscle. If you've been working it, change the reps. Work at it different. It's worth it all. Have a great week.